this is Laura. And Stephen. And this is our podcast, Midday Musings, where we take our lunch break to talk about the things that are on our mind. Today, we are sharing a list of things that are common in other cultures, but non-existent in America. We share our favorites from time abroad and share the impressions of other Reddit users online. Let's get into it. Hey, Stephen. Hey, Laura. How's it going? You know what? It's going fabulously. Thank oh, you for asking. wonderful. I, yeah. I'm happy to ask. I'm over here enjoying the snow, waking up. I love it. It's it's like a blanket of diamonds in the morning. I love to wake up to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't I can't relate, but it does sound very pleasing. No, I See, totally understand. The snow is here and that makes me want to leave. <laughs> You're like, you know what, I like this place, but now that it's snowing, what if I just go? What if I just go? Perhaps to another country. Ooh, another country. I love going to other countries. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people do. There's a lot out there. I even found this cool BuzzFeed list of things that are common in other countries, but non-existent in America. Oh, I could think of a ton of those, but I'd love to hear what BuzzFeed's take is on things that exist elsewhere, but don't exist here, because I've got some thoughts on that. Well, BuzzFeed's take is directly lifted from Reddit, which is what they like to do. I get it. It condenses the content funnel. And uh, it's it's a great way for Hannah Lowenthal to quickly get something posted <laughs> on this, the day of posting. Hey, Hannah, we get it. You know, we're out here producing and releasing podcasts four times a week. Sometimes you just got to pull, you got to lift it from Reddit. And I pull some stuff from Reddit too. It's fine. Oh, yeah. It's fine. If, if you have to write a mm-hmm. listicle by tomorrow, you just go to like ask Reddit. You're done. Exactly. You're good. Find some pictures. In. Okay, so she's got like 20 contributions, mm-hmm. all of which are very, very good. I was thinking I could just tell you some of the stuff that these these Redditors miss from their life abroad. Oh, tell me. Tell me. I've okay. got some stuff that I miss from my life abroad too. And Fantastic. And I'll, I'll, I'll respond with those as well. Wonderful. Yeah. So the first one up is cafe culture that is common in France. Shot still 8131 said that they just loved sitting at an outdoor cafe and people watching while while drinking their espresso with zero sense of rush. Mm. And that is beautiful. No such place exists in America. Mm. No, it's that does sound very, very pleasant. Dude, cafe out. culture is incredible. It's mm-hmm. It reminds me actually a little bit of 80s mall culture where you just kind of sit and watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are there are cafes here and there are... I think they, we have coffee shop culture. Uh, in this area where people can hang out hang out in coffee shops and kind of do their thing but it's not quite cafe culture people are kind of no no a little more isolated a little more they're inside is the thing um and cafe culture is is the tables basically on the street and like you have to walk past the tables so there's there's very little separation between you and the pedestrians oh sometimes there's a rope so you're not just watching people in the cafe, you're watching people walking by, people, street performers and busy business people going to work and dogs chasing squirrels and all kinds of things. Oh yeah, the best seats are outside, no question. Oh, that is fantastic. I would love that here. I wish they had that here. Yeah, you want to be even closer to people, just like poke them. Oh, I love people. But also people do walk a lot more in France, which makes cafe culture yet more interesting. Right. Like in America, I think we put everyone inside both because reasons and because there aren't really pedestrian cultures Mm. outside of Manhattan, strong pedestrian cultures. And we're always right along roads. So you get the pollution from cars coming into your your little nose passages. The smog element and the pollution is not not as fun as, say, like a nice 
Parisian experience where you're out and you're you're seeing people and you're not getting smog in your face. And I feel like we have a lot we have a lot of bikes here too, so it might uh-huh. be hard to. I feel like the bikes would inevitably crash into the rope. Oh, and they take in. they'd take out a table. They would take out several tables, maybe intentionally. Maybe, maybe, but this is also why I don't think cafe culture exists in Britain mm. because they have the same sort of car car centric economy. Oh, totally, totally. All right, another one by Daniel Gimal is in Portugal, I encountered lots of miradors around the city like Lis- around cities like Lisbon and Madeira. They're little shaded courtyard areas with toilets and snacks and all the best views of the cities, and they're totally genius. You can spend a day seeing the city from these beautiful little lookouts. I wish that every city would do this. Oh, that is fun. Mira- miradores. Okay, miradores. I've never heard of that. Shaded courtyard areas with toilets and snacks. That is that is great. Yeah, there's a lot of like sitting and watching culture that I think we we lose here a bit. You do have it, at, like you said, in malls where you can hang out on the top floor of a mall that has those fun areas where you can just see people walking on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. But it's not quite the same, is it? It's not outdoors. Yeah, Europe has thousands of years of sitting and watching culture. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy that a lot. I wish we had that here. I, I do. Might have to pay a trip to Lisbon at some point. To check Ooh, it out. Indeed, indeed. Do you want to hit number three? Yes, I would love to hit number three. Uh, the tradition of passeggiata in Italy. I'm totally butchering that, which is basically a nice stroll through town before or after dinner where you can catch up with neighbors and friends. I felt like you'd love this. Oh, I do. I do love that. I do like a little walk to and from places. And again, I think the challenge here is that a lot of our places are not walkable. Mm-mm. You know, we don't have a big walking culture and it's just not quite as walkable. Like there are some downtown areas where you can walk back and forth and it's a little bit more of a thing there. But anytime you get a little more into the suburban area or even the suburban urban area, you have to drive from point A to point B. There's not like a nice little passeggiata you can go through. Um, but I, I love that concept where you can just walk by Check out what's going on with your neighbors. Maybe avoid your neighbors if, you know, you, you, uh, you're you not as, as social or you have a reason to avoid them. But you get the chance to talk to people. I love that. Yeah. And someone called Weakness Away, 5843, mentioned that they loved how in Japan, restaurants often provide photos alongside the names on the menu items, which is really helpful when you're deciding what to order. Oh, heck yeah, it is. I also very much love picture menus, even though in, in America, they're kind of reserved for chain restaurants yeah they're beautiful they're wonderful and informative because if you just have the written word it assumes that number one you speak english or the language the 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 menu number two that you know what the heck the menu is referring to this doesn't make any assumptions it's very it's inclusive and you also get that you get sort of a fun picture to pull you in it's like oh look at that the, the image I see here is like a bunch of different sushi rolls. And I wouldn't know to explore some of these without the, the picture. But with the picture, I'm like, that looks really good. Maybe yeah. I try that. A Japanese restaurant that I grew up around also had the sushi item. There's sushi menus with item photos that made it so I became very familiar with sushi very quickly. And I was like, okay, I know what an ebi is. I know what this is. I can order it because nice. I, I see what it looks like even as like a grade school child. Nice. Dude, that's great. Going on to number five here. In Buenos Aires, there are little verdulerias, which means fruit and vegetable shops on pretty much every street corner. They're so convenient. And I would love to have that here in the U.S. 
I do have an experience with this. Mm. Living in Honduras in Central America for a few years in my childhood, we had, yeah, we had fruit and vegetable shops. We had something like this. We had markets that everyone would go to. And everyone seemed to be a small business owner. We had sort of like this pulperias on almost mm. every corner that weren't just fruit and vegetable shops, but they had a bunch of things. They were like little little shops in the front of people's houses where you would, if you look in the shop, you actually would see people going into their living room when they, like they would open the back of the shop door and it would lead into their living room. So they just made, most people made little shops in their house. And you would see this on every street corner. It reminds me a lot of these, these verdu, these verdurerias in Buenos Aires. See, it's actually even hard for me to pronounce, mm -hmm. even though I do, in theory, speak Spanish. <laughs> in theory, yeah. In theory. But yeah, you know, one thing that, that we had in, in Honduras that I actually would like to see here in the U.S. What? People that walk through the street and sell random things. Like there was a guy that sold avocados. He would just walk through the streets and you could just buy it. You could just flag him down and pick up an avocado from him. There were people that would sell chicles. They would sell gum. I mean, the they do have that at Dolores Park in San Francisco. That's if you true. Like. But it is, it is both trying to be considered by its own admission and maybe could be considered the Paris of the Pacific. Yeah. Oh, the uh, Dolor Dolores Park. No, San Francisco. San oh. Francisco uh, at the turn of last century was like, we're the Paris of the Pacific and we're going to fight Seattle about it. <laughs> you know, I kind of see that. I see how it could consider itself the Paris of the Pacific. Um, I do like that about it, that people could just, people would just sell you things in Dolores Park randomly. Yeah, just wander around. You could flag them down. Oh, yeah. They'd sell you baked goods. They'd sell you other kinds of baked goods. Oh, yes. <laughs> Special baked goods. But uh, yeah, I, I like that a lot. There was even like a water truck that would just go through the street and you could flag them down and get water delivered to your house. It's nice, you know? Oh, also, oh my gosh, the, the thing that we don't see as much anymore, but we used to see a bunch, ice cream trucks. Those were huge in Central America to oh. this, at least uh, into like the late 90s when I was when I was there. We don't see those as much anymore, even when we lived in more suburban areas. There I mean, was... there was that one ice cream truck that was there like every single weekday in that um... uh, suburban development division we lived in. Oh, that's true. We did have that. Anyway, I like them. I'd like to see them in more places. Oh, yeah. And another thing people would like to see is round tables complete with lazy Susans. Oh, my gosh, yes. In China, almost every restaurant had this, which made eating with others so much much more involved. It made me realize how often I'm stuck in the corner of a rectangular table trying to be involved in the conversation and struggling to hear everything. The round table is what we all need. What I love about that is democracy. It's a democratic table. No one is at the head of it. No one is left out. We're all at this round table together and you can access all the food you need from the the lazy susan that the lazy is, susan's brilliant it's fantastic especially like you see this picture here people are eating dim sum and that's like a family style meal great for dim sum great for italian family style meals as well which i think we could have more of i mean we have buca de beppo but i'd love to see more of those kind of family style restaurants and meals with round tables and lazy susans let's bring them back yeah so someone else actively lost in target is the name of this user 
mentions that in Japan, people have a ton of respect for schools and keeping them clean. I would love for my children's schools to hold students accountable for keeping their learning space tidy and well-respected like that. Oh, man. Well, if we were all as civilized as Japan, a lot of things would be different in America. <sighs> They're so civilized and they respect for schools. That's great. I actually think about this a lot because I know exactly why Japan is as peaceful and delightful as it is. Ooh, tell me. It's the culture of shame. Mm, mm, American yeah. culture has sort of purposefully removed shame from the cultural context. You can be whoever and whatever you want to be, and you can be as extreme as you like, and we will support you. Mm. But that's why, user actively lost in Target, <laughs> you are never going to have the same kind of clean schools as in Japan. You yeah. would have to have a fundamentally different culture. Yeah, I think it's it's two things. It's a it's a culture of honor. And when you don't do the honorable thing, you are shamed. Well, that's the yeah. other side of shame, mm -hmm. right? That's exactly what it is. We don't have that here. We have the hustle culture. Mm -hmm. We don't have the honor system. <laughs> Not really. No, no. We're more productive than we are any other virtue. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the productivity of, that we do in America. But a little more honor could be... I'd like that here. On the next one here, it's talking about Italy. Mm -hmm. When they went to Italy, they ate outside everywhere. Eating alfresco mm -hmm. automatically made each meal feel more relaxed and special. That does sound really delightful. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, just eating outside. Getting outside. Dude, eating outside in Europe is extremely mm -hmm. pleasant. Eating outside in America, less so. But for the reason that I think I mentioned earlier, which is we have so many cars on the street. Yeah. And a lot of the places where you eat in Italy, it's outside, but it's outside on these these large walk-only areas. You're not going to be dealing with the exhaust of more than maybe 10 cars, like, yards away. Yeah. I think another, another of the items on this list actually references that specifically, that there are these pedestrian-only walkways. And not, like, tiny walkways like you might see no. here in the U.S., but just these massive walkways for pedestrians only. That blows my mind. Whole squares. Blows because, my mind. Well, they have, what, like, thousands of years where cars didn't exist, and yeah. so they built cities never thinking that cars would exist? Must be nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> Someone else wanted to talk about Japan, and she says... I love how in Japan, every restaurant seemed to perfect and focus on only one type of food, whether it was tempura, ramen, yakitori, sushi, or even pizza. It made for such a fun and unique dining experience. Here in the US, you often find very eclectic restaurants that try to do it all. But I loved the focused and almost studious approach to dining in Japan. Again, the almost studious approach. Japan, yeah. they really value their studiousness, the academics. It's, it's the honor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. really of creating such a fine product yeah i think these are like specialty restaurants and yeah there is honor in creating getting very good at doing one thing very very well mm -hmm. whether it's tempura ramen etc we do have a lot of these like diners that just have a ton of different things we have you know denny's and all of the miscellaneous diners like that mm -hmm. that you can buy anything you want on it there's cheesecake factory oh yes the much maligned cheesecake, cheesecake factory. factory yes just <laughs> A, a binder this thick. Right. Binders full of places that women do not want to go on a exactly, first date, apparently. Exactly. Call back to one of our other podcasts here. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, because we have so many restaurants that will just serve you whatever you want, mm -hmm. I like it. But I would also love more specialty restaurants that just do one thing. They go super hard and that's all they do. 
you know, that do that where it's I like would literally say, all they do is Yeah, pizza. I would say pizza is like the one area where Americans do really specialize in their restaurants. Oh, yeah, because we love pizza. We love pizza so much. Yeah, but if it's a Japanese restaurant, they're going to be doing tempura, ramen, yakitori, and sushi. Right. Okay, so this next one, I want to bring this to your attention because I feel like you'll have some feelings about it. This person says they were a big fan of late dinners in Spain. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Late dining makes a kind of sense in Europe that it can't possibly make here. Mm. Everything's so leisurely. Like when I lived in France, it was uncommon for the parents of my host family to be gone before 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Their schedule's already pushed two or three hours ahead of ours. Yeah. And it's a leisurely everything. Like these people would be at dinner beginning at seven. Like, and that was an early start. Until 11 p.m. Oh, jeez. And that was like a normal dinner with friends for these these parents who were in their 30s and 40s. I think a culture has to support it, but the restrictive, hour-conscious culture of America makes early dinners very attractive mm-hmm. to me. Because we tend to rise early and promote getting up early and mm-hmm. everyone's pushing that. They're like, get up at five, get up at four. Yeah, five, four, with the sun. Yeah. Wake before your enemies. Don't sleep. Just stay awake so your enemies cannot find you. Exactly. Here's another thing about Europe. In so many places that this individual traveled, cafes give you a little biscuit or a cookie with your coffee. I find it mind-boggling that every cafe in the world doesn't follow suit. It's such a delightful addition and can't cost much. This is true, and this is great. I love how hot drinks are always served with a tiny, sweet something. Mm, yeah. But here's the thing that I really miss about living in France. Mm. It is breakfast. It is normal and good for a breakfast to be a giant cup of either hot chocolate, Mm. if you're a kid, or coffee, if you're an adult, and a baguette or a croissant, some some baked bread good. And you just dip and eat, dip and eat, dip Mm. and eat, Mm. as if you have all the time in the world and everything you've ever done is romantic. It's amazing. You could do that here, but you... You have to see the cups the size of bowls oh that gosh. they will pour your morning drink into. It's pleasing and wonderful, and the bread really does improve life. That sounds delightful. It is delightful. You know what else sounds delightful? It- what? Italian happy hour. Mm-hmm. Another one on this list. In Italy, everyone took advantage of it every afternoon around five, just after they were done sightseeing. People would each day involved a little wine, some cheese, cold cuts, and then they'd go out for a few hours for a proper dinner. Yeah, Just see, a this relaxation is, culture. That's why they can do the 9 p.m. dinners, because they have supper mm. beforehand. Oh, so they're not starving. I would be starving if I started eating dinner at 9. I would be hangry. Oh, yeah, but they're yeah. they're eating big in the morning. Lunch was medium. Like, lunch is probably just a sandwich, but it's the best bread you've ever had. Mm-hmm. And that'll be, like, 1 to 2, honestly. 1 to 3, really. And then at around 5, you eat again. And then you're eating for like two hours because you're talking also. And then two hours after that, you go and get dinner. Oh, dang. <laughs> it just sounds like it's a different culture, like a really different culture. Well, yeah, it yeah. developed It it developed in the ancient world and then the medieval world. And it's been hanging out with modern expectations for about 100 years, but it doesn't care. I keep thinking about some co-workers of, of mine who are in in Sweden and say things like when uh, we have August off the month of August oh, off, yeah, yeah, when do off. you in the US have off for a month and I said the closest we have is Christmas we have a couple of weeks where people kind of disappear but it's not official 
and some people still work. Oh, yeah. But having August off is another function of their old world infrastructure. Almost no one has air conditioning and it's way too hot to be anywhere in oh, August. Oh, that makes a lot of so sense. So everyone yeah. is like, you have August off, find somewhere to flee. Yeah. Get out. Get, Get out, out while you can because you are just going to melt. Mm -hmm. Here's another person who's talking actually about London this time. And they were very impressed by the tube, as well they should be. Almost every European city has this easily accessible public transportation that also folds into the international transportation around the Eurozone. Mm -hmm. And it's good. It's good. There's no equivalent in America because we're way too big. Mm. And certain cities do have their own personal municipal rail system. So like New York is the gold standard for that. But you'll see it in San Francisco and you'll see it in every major city. There's a little bit of, of train. We don't have the same kind of fully national, well, international train system that they have, because the last time we were that ambitious about building, it had to be under the auspices of private industry. And that's the railroads that helped settle the West. And after that, after like the big old railroad wars, no one came out on hot top and it had to be essentially nationalized. Oh, man. And the United States government has only just recently started reinvesting in rail. Oh, dang. Anyway, we yeah. should have it, but there are practical concerns around it. I got to say, the new, when you were talking about the London tube, it did remind me a lot of the New York subway. Mm. It, even though the New York is a lot of things, it's very modern, it's very go, 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 but also its infrastructure, its transportation infrastructure does feel very old world. You know, the oh. train system, that subway system where you can get anywhere you want at any time of day or night. Those subway systems, the tunnels where you can walk from one tunnel or one subway station to another while avoiding the cold avoiding the elements the traffic the smog and there's all these shops and buskers along the way it feels a little more european like european metropolis than american well yeah because yeah. it was built it built up that infrastructure around the same time they were doing it in in europe so the steam powered engines show up in england in the early 1800s and Manhattan, New Amsterdam, it's been around since the 1600s. So it is ready, willing, and able to put the newest, best transportation technology into the city. So they build it at the same time as the tube is being built, mm. at a contemporary rate as the Paris tube is being built, the Paris Metro. Although the Paris Metro is probably the most beautiful metro I've ever seen because it's done in the Art Nouveau style. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's part of this incredibly ambitious period in French history at the turn of the 20th century. Art Nouveau, it's before Art Deco. It, Art Nouveau has the artistic principle of giving functional items beauty. Like mm -hmm. everything should be beautiful, even if it's just functional. And you see that in the way the metro entryways are designed mm -hmm. and you see it within the actual metro. So they're designed with beauty in mind. Mm -hmm. That's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And thinking about some of the things that are that you saw there in the New York subways, the street food, Next item is someone said they love the street food and hawker stalls prevalent in Southeast Asia. I love that conceptually. Experientially, though, living in Honduras, we were always told to avoid the, the street food because there was just there were contaminants in the water and mm -hmm. that would that would get through into the food. You would get sick and you'd get sick for like a couple weeks. So it's something that I, I, so I love. So Central American culture is different than Asian culture. Central American culture is different than Asian culture. So I, I love that. 
as long as there are, you know, less, no contaminants in the water, <laughs> that's the part that I always get a little nervous about street food for that reason. I'm like, is this food okay? Like, am I going to get sick? But I love, I love it. Honestly, I love seeing it in New York. I love the concept of it in Southeast Asia. And I loved it in San Francisco. Like there were tons of uh, street food uh, vendors in San Francisco, especially late at night. There's always this one guy selling hot dogs. Oh yeah. There, like there's a second market yeah. at night yeah. for the people leaving bars. Our equivalent is probably food trucks mm. in the United States in terms of cleanliness and availability. Oh, yeah. Yeah, food trucks. And of I course, an automobile is involved. Yeah, of course. Because it's America. Yeah, and we need to motorize everything. Of course. <laughs> oh, one other one I, I want to get to. I know we're... Yeah. Let, do you want to just end with that one? Yeah. So this one, in Japan, many restaurants have a button to press on your table when you want your server to come. This is so your server doesn't bother you when you're not ready to order, and also so you can get fast attention when you need something. I love that. That's gorgeous. I love that. That's fantastic. Because, number one, it lets the server do other things, you know, so they don't feel like they're bothering you. Number mm -hmm. two, it means you're not actually going to be interrupted if you're having a serious conversation or an engaging conversation, or you're just not ready to take to get your order taken then you can kind of be left alone and they can be left alone and people only engage, you only engage with services when you need them. And then I'm sure they appreciate the time back too. You know? Yeah. It benefits the worker. It right. benefits the patron. It's just good news. Oh, I'm a big fan of that. But yeah. So Laura, thank you so much for bringing this list. This is, this reminds me of all the things that I love about traveling internationally and living internationally. The one thing that I do want to ask you before we come to a close is what is your favorite thing overseas that you wish was here in the U.S.? Bread. Bread? Yeah. European bread is infinitely better than American bread. Really? Just the quality? Yes. No kidding. Yeah. Like, even in England, it's not like the French have have a special baked good ability. Every single piece of bread in Europe is better than any piece of bread you will find in America. Wow. Well, I got to say, I'm convinced. That's, that's a pretty strong endorsement. You're like every bread. No, not I haven't tried every bread in the US, but I guarantee you any European bread could beat any any, American any bread, bread made in America. Wow. All right. Well, yeah. I, I got to get to Europe and get me some bread. I, I have conspiracy theories about this, actually. Oh, you would do? you like to hear it? I would love okay, to hear it. Okay, here's my conspiracy theory. It has everything to do with the fact that in America, you have to make bread with gloves. Oh, interesting. So you don't warm the bread with your hand in the same way. It doesn't get the sort of transfer taste of other things. And while it is probably beneficial for cleanliness, this is just something that has never bothered Europeans. And mm. as a consequence, their bread is just better. It's like a sanitized, sterilized bread that we mm -hmm. get here in the U.S. And maybe microplastics yeah. work, right? Oh, that's an interesting point. Microplastics. Huh. That's a really good point. I know in... In Italy, they have this tradition, I don't know if it's really a thing mm. they do much anymore, where they'll get barefoot, get in a giant barrel of grapes, and they'll crush grapes for uh, for wine with their with their bare feet. I don't know if that's actually a thing. I saw it on I Love Lucy show, and I, I've seen it on a number of like Italian-related shows. It's just an, an intimate connection with your food, with your making of food, using your actual hands. There's something to it. There's something to it that gives it a special quality. I think so. Yeah. And before we come to a close, I'll tell you the one thing that I wish that we had here yes. that we don't is PC bongs. That is mm. basically cyber cafes. That's oh, Korea's yeah. version of cyber cafes. And it's not that we don't have cyber cafes. We do. But they're more like the combination between like a library and an office max. It's fine. It's fun. But... 
in Korea, the cyber cafe culture is happening. It is a place where people go to hang out. You're going there to meet your friends. Maybe you don't have a PC of your own. Maybe you don't have like a LAN set up. You're going there to, to hang. It is loud. It is exciting. People are talking. They're having a really good time. And there are snacks too. So it's like, it's a destination location with snacks where you can hang out with your friends as a community. So big fan of it. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I guess that's our time. Yeah. So I will catch you on the next lunch break. Sounds good. Great chatting with you and catch you on the next lunch break. Bye. Bye. This has been Steven. And Laura. Thanks for tuning in to Midday Musings, the podcast where we talk about all the things on our mind. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and jump into the conversation in our polls and Q&As. We would love to hear from you. Catch you next lunch break.